Do you like pop culture? I do. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you, Andrew. Oh. If you enjoy movies, television, all that kind of stuff, uh, we have a lot of fun on Sif Pop Podcast, part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. So you can come check us out every week. You can listen live or just download it to your podcast feed. Every single week, Aaron breaks down the newest movies that are big in theaters, and I make funny noises. <laughs> you could probably pick one of those that you would like. You can join us every weekend live by looking at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA, or you can find us in your podcast player of preference by searching for Sift Pop. <laughs> Welcome back, film fans, to a new episode of Quality Check. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me, as always, Drew Douglas. It's me. You're back, baby. I'm back. And you are riding on the wings of a banshee. I'm plugged in, baby. So, film fans, if this is a first time or if you are returning, Quality Check drops a new episode every other week on Tuesdays. We are a podcast in which we cover a new movie and return to something we've seen before to see if it holds up or gets better. But for this <laughs> recording, we are returning to an old movie and our upgrade downgrade for the biggest box office success of all time of Avatar. For this entire episode, we are returning to Pandora, flying on the backs of Banshees to see how Avatar holds up. And Are they Banshees? That's what he said. Sam Worthington's okay. character, Jake Soley. Jake Soley. Which I had confused him with Captain Soley. Do you like the name Jake Soley as your lead character? It's very American. I will say that. It's very James Cameron. As a heads up for what you can expect for this episode, we will dive into the world of Avatar. We'll also talk about two new trailers that dropped, one for a TV series and one for a film in our Did You See segment. Then I'll put Drew in the hot seat for his favorite, the movie review game. And lastly, we will talk about what's on the horizon for Quality Check Podcast and what we'll cover in the coming weeks. Without further ado, let's jump into Did You See? The new trailer dropped for Mel Gibson's new film in which S. Craig Zoller is writing and directing this film called Dragged Across Concrete. Hey, Anthony's got a mouth with his own engine, but he's solid. I'm thinking about the kind of future I can offer my girlfriend. Pops is a yesterday who ain't worth words. Good heavens and praise be to him. Your absence was a weight upon us. Thank you, Mr. Edmonton. I don't like doing things with so many question marks everywhere. So, Drew, what do you think about this? We literally just watched this. You saw it for the first time a few minutes ago. And this is from the same writer-director of Bone Tomahawk and Brawl and Cell Block 99. Loves it or hates it? Hates it. Ha! Huh. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with hates it, too. I It's, it's you... really interesting. It's kind of weird. I kept singing the song, though. The shotgun safari. We got, two, we got a couple problems with this preview. What's that? Well, it's a minute 42 preview, which is great. It doesn't really tell you what the movie is about. After we watch it, I go, what's that about? That's the, I think that's the biggest problem. Yeah, agreed. And what do you think about Gibson, Mel? I, at, the, you know, at the risk of having a lot of people hate me, you know this, Mel's my favorite. Mel and his acting chops. Excluding life decisions. Sure. Mel is my absolute favorite. So I'm really happy that he's back on the big screen. 
Uh, I think the pairing up with Vince Vaughn is interesting. It could be really good, but it didn't really seem to sell me like I thought it would. Judging, going on off just the preview alone, not doing much for me. I have to agree with you on that. Now we're going to watch the trailer to the much-anticipated Twilight Zone reimagining. You happy with your life? Don't you want it all? It said that would happen right when it did. Where's our dog? We don't have a dog. So, Drew, did you love it or hate the Twilight Zone trailer? Hates it. What? Anskin. I was going to say, I'm about to stop this recording right now. Watched it with you for the first time, and it ended, and I go, we got to watch it again. We immediately hit repeat. That was my 12th viewing of it. I saw that trailer when it dropped just minutes after it came out, and I watched it two times. Later that night, I watched it four more times, and I've broken it down so many times to try to figure out. I've got theories. I've got what my predictions are for what the episodes will be. Some of them, we know what they are. Some of the characters and the settings give it away. But I 100% love set. Now, what do you think about the actors who are chosen here? You said that it's a pretty large and diverse cast. Looks like we got a good cast. Tracy Morgan. Who's the biggest female character on this show? Or actress? What is the actress with Rewind? She's the one with the tape recorder. I can't. I I feel like I know her, but I don't know her name. I don't know. Actress-wise, that's kind of an an interesting question because we've got Tracy Morgan. We've got Jacob Jacob Tremblay. Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Tracy Morgan. Mm -hmm. Did you already say that? Yeah, mention him. You're just excited about Tracy Morgan. Let me ask you one question. I had no idea Greg Kinnear was in this. In the words of Tracy Morgan, are you happy with your life? I am. It looks like we're going to get a lot of reimaginings of the original episodes. Um, the J- the Jake of oh, two things. The Adam uh, Scott is redoing the Nightmare episode. Not, mm-hmm. That seems to be like it's going to take either a lot of liberties or it's really going to expand the story because it's a lot of what we see from Adam Scott is outside of the airplane where the original is entirely set. My guess with that, because you see him walk in front of a sign that says Mission to Mars, I'm wondering if they are taking flight and sending people to outer space, to Mars, where they are now exiting Earth, basically, and they're going to inhabit Mars. And so Adam Scott freaks out on the way there, and I think that's what will end up happening, and that's the story. So like you said, it takes great liberty with that. Jacob Tremblay, that story, I have a feeling, and you haven't seen the Twilight Zone movie. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, so the story about the boy who... The traveler, this lady driving across country, she goes back to his home to realize that he has made all of these characters up in his mind. He's imagined it all. And he's just this boy living at home. I think Jacob Tremblay's episode is going to be that. You know the vibes I got with the the Jacob episode? The Shining. Yeah, very Stephen King. It looks so much like that. Obviously, we've got that little devil bobblehead, which is a callback to the original series as well as the little gremlin on the plane wings for Nightmare. The gremlin shows up in a doll form that's washed up on shore. So 
I'm really excited. My number one theory, and then we can move on from this, characters will notice or take note of, you know, I remember hearing something about this in the 60s or something like that. Not necessarily connecting the stories, but just where it's referencing the other series, whether it be the Rod Serlings, the Forrest Whitakers, or the film. I think that's a good possibility. Do you have anything else to say about T-Zone? Very excited. Does this get you more pumped? Yes. So I really hope these are standalone episodes, though. I'm, I think they will be. But I, mean, you I think, think they will be, too, but they, I feel like they're going to start connecting them somehow. Do you think that most of these will be remakes? It, well, judging from that preview, I would say, yeah. But I, Are you happy with that? A couple questions. Yeah. Uh, I assume Jordan Peele's not writing every single episode? I don't think so. That would be hard, right? Are we assuming that these episodes are accessible to all ages? No. You think they'll push I it? I think, yeah, because it's streaming. My guess is, I don't think they'll go hard with it. But the other thing is that Serling, he always fought with CBS in terms of censorship. And he always wanted to push the envelope and tell the story the way he wanted it to be told. But he was often restrained from doing so. So... I think Peel will give ode to that by extending that. I don't expect there to be a lot of gore or a lot of violence or a lot of cursing, but I do think it will expand on that a little bit and kind of up the ante. And we don't know how many episodes are being done. Right now there are 10. Well, we know we just got word that um, Seth Rogen is going to be in an episode. What do you think of that? Love it. I'm interested. I'm 100% on board for whatever is happening even though we are in the dark for quite a bit of this. I am intrigued, though. Watching this, I see all these actors that I know and no female actresses. That stand out right away. Yes. Now let's move on to our upgrade downgrade in which we rewatch the film Avatar. I became a Marine for the hardship. I told myself I can pass any test a man can pass. All I ever wanted was a single thing worth fighting for. Ladies and gentlemen, you are not in Kansas anymore. You are on Pandora. You should see your faces. We have an indigenous population called the Na'vi. They are very hard to kill. Avatar tells the story of a paraplegic marine dispatched to the moon of Pandora on a unique mission, and he becomes torn between following orders and feeling like he is protecting the world in which he now calls home. So Drew, hit us with some of those movie stats. So this is James Cameron's follow-up to the biggest movie of all time, Titanic. So he basically got a blank check. He's had that blank check for a while. Oh. Uh, came out on December 18th, 2009. Budget $237 million. Box office, $760 million in the U.S. More than $2 billion overseas. Oh, it, it overtook Titanic to become the biggest movie of all time worldwide. And it remains number it's one to this top. day. Rotten top. Tomatoes score. Get ready for this. 82%. By not just critics, but critics and audience members. Clearly, people went nuts. Do you think that accurately depicts 
the film? Like, do you think that's deserving of that no. score? I didn't get it a then, and I don't get it now. Ooh. Let's talk about first-time viewing of this. You went opening night, right? I did go opening night. Did you see it in 3D? Because that was the big thing about this film. When it came out, 3D, got to see it in 3D. It has this new technology. James Cameron could not make this film for years and years because he was waiting for the right moment. It's finally here. You go. What do you think? I did see it in 3D, and... I don't remember what I think about the 3D. I have no memories of the 3D. I remember it clearly, but I'm saving that because I want to know what you have to say. What I thought about it. I mean, this is, it's been over a decade since you and I have seen this movie. I had just graduated college way back when. And do you want to know what I originally thought about it? Yeah. I hated it. I did too. I was very stern about it. As, are you a... I really like James Cameron. Are you a James Cameron fan? I'm a fan? huge camera fan. I, to this day, one of my favorite films of all time, T2, very close behind that, True Lies. Love True Lies. He's got great comedy in there, great action, great story, romance, everything. I feel like in his movies, he's got everything that you would want in a film. I think he's very creative. I think he stages action very clearly and very well. I don't know if he's a good writer necessarily. Some of it comes off kind of campy at times. I mean, this in particular, not to spoil anything about our opinions, the script for this and the dialogue at times is atrocious. I remember whenever I saw it and I went in, the 3D, I like the 3D. I thought, okay, I'm cool with this. But I remember thinking a lot of negative things with the script in terms of dialogue The pacing, there were some things that just seemed a little off. And the acting, I remember thinking the acting got on my nerves. And you know who got on my nerves the most? Please don't say Sam Worthington. Yes. Really? Yep. A lot of people think he's flat. I actually like Sam Worthington a lot. When I first saw it, I thought, I honestly, I I didn't feel like walking out, but it was bad at times. Are we still talking about the first first time? time? First time, yep. That and was your main reason for not liking it? Because I no, found... there were a lot of things why... There were a lot of reasons why I didn't like it. For me, it was basically, it's all style, no substance. Okay. It's look what I can do creatively, technically. But as far as the story, we've seen this story numerous times before. Done way better. Dances with, dances with Wolves. Pocahontas. He's ripping off a lot of stuff we've already seen, but he's doing it in a sci-fi way. I can agree with that. So that was my, that was my big takeaway. It's it's a very pretty present that I that I give to you, and you open it up and it's empty inside. Oh, you've got coal. And I, I honestly, when this came out and it was so popular, I really I, my hatred toward it got larger and larger because people would not stop talking about it, and I could not figure out why they liked it so much. Yeah. And to this day, I don't get it. I don't. How is this the number one movie of all time? Part of this, too, is coming off. Titanic is my favorite Cameron movie. Oh, really? And when you wait years and years for a follow up to what you think is somebody's masterwork and they deliver this, and this isn't bad by any stretch, but it's a disappointment. So you think. Titanic has it's your favorite but you think that's got Cameron on full display in terms of like it can't be beat in terms of Cameron you can argue T2 
T2 is very good. And I'm, I'm a big fan of Aliens. I love the director's cut. Yeah. Um, the Abyss is okay. True Lies is a lot of fun, but it's kind of that middle tier Cameron. The only one that I haven't seen is Piranha 2, which was Ooh. his debut. And I'm sure I, I have a hard time believing that's going to be, that's going to top any of these Cameron movies. Really bummed that he didn't start the trend with that film and call it Piranhas. He could have. That wasn't a thing back then. No. When you just pluralized it. Oh. So those were our thoughts when we first saw it. And let's now get into what we feel like holds up after watching it for the second time. You've only seen this. This is number two, right? Your second viewing. Which is, yeah, it's perfect for this doing a podcast. It's been over a decade. My second viewing as well. I've got a few things written down for what I think holds up. I went in thinking, I'm not going to like this, but I'm willing to open my mind, see what's changed. I think I kind of pushed you into rewatching this. Yeah, and but I was glad about that because when you first came up to me and said, let's do Avatar, I said, okay, I'm game. But I also wanted to tell you, I did not like this movie when I first saw it. What I think holds up, number one, the animation and the graphics. I feel like that still looks really good. Like you said, the visual flair is just astonishing at times. For a movie that came out in 2009, I found myself feeling the same way. Surprisingly, this held up very well. Mm-hmm. Number two, acting. That surprised me. I Because like I said, when I first saw this, I did not like him. But for me, it flipped. I actually like Sam Worthington this time. I do e- too. Even though he did at the first viewing of this come off as one note, I thought he played the role that Cameron wrote specifically for this film. I was okay with that. We see this evolution of him. Once again, I don't think this is anything groundbreaking for an evolution of a character. But I think Sam Worthington was fine. The acting in the mocap scenes, I feel, are the best and better than the actual live animation or the live action scenes for others outside of the Avatar bodies. So outside of the motion capture aspect, did you prefer the live action story or the... Really? Because I'm actually flipped. I, I prefer the stuff off Pandora. Well, on Pandora, but with them with as them, sure. human beings. The third thing, supporting actors actually steal the scenes numerous times in this, I feel. Ooh. Stephen Lang, I feel, was great the first time around. He was my MVP for an actor in this film. First time. Wow. Going around this time, I don't know if I can say Stephen Lang is my MVP actor, but I still really enjoyed him. He's a great antagonist. I was very surprised by Giovanni Rubisi. Totally caught me off guard. Well, I I that character is ridiculous. He is, but I think Giovanni did a a good job with him. He plays a good job of he he just plays a good doof. Oh. Right? Yeah. yeah. He played and that role. He's kind of the same character that he was on The Wonder Years. So, yeah. Sigourney <laughs> Weaver also really liked her. To me, I feel like she was better than Sam Worthington. And I liked watching her more. But I'm also a huge Sigourney fan. She's she's kind of a tough chick in this. And I, I don't know if I bought it. 
There were moments, the first time I did not, the second time, this time, I did. I don't really know what flipped, and I've been thinking, did the 3D actually change how I perceive this movie? And even though it's been 10 years, I really think it did. And it's interesting because if this movie just came out, I think I would have seen it in 3D first because it was hyped up for that, and I would have seen it in 2D to see if there is a difference in how you perceive a story. Because for myself, I really think that was the case. Like I was too focused on the visuals that I was ignoring certain key elements of a story. That's why I go back to, he's presenting something very pretty to you to distract you from just the empty void of the story. The world building, I think, is the best. Yeah. It's very clearly realized. And Cameron put a lot of effort into building it and just he's very creative uh, yeah I, I completely agree and and then the other thing like you said the effects hold up i think the acting for the most part does i have more to say about the side characters Ooh. more negative things i think oh. than you um i like sam worthington a lot maybe that's just because somehow for some reason i want him to do well and like outside of this and Terminator Salvation. Salvation. Like he hasn't, he's not a huge actor for some reason. It's interesting that he's. He's like the Jai Courtney of the early 2000s. Ooh, Don't you but think he's so? still around and he's True. in these sequels. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. He's he's done basically nothing huge since Avatar or maybe you could argue maybe Terminator, which was not successful. And Cameron's going back to him. I Stephen Lang's okay to me. He's just a typical grunt that Cameron puts in these movies. He plays the role. And yeah, he plays he plays the same character, which is my knock on him. Um, one person that you didn't mention, though, Michelle Rodriguez, yay yes. or nay? I, she doesn't do anything. Michelle honestly plays pretty much the same character, I feel, but in the exception of Widows, she actually was very different in Widows, but... I liked her in this. She I'm, brings a little pep to it. I honestly am a fan of seeing little Rodriguez and things. I just, I enjoy I seeing her. Completely forgot she was even in this movie. I text you that picture whenever she shows up on screen for the first time. She's walking around Jake or Sam's character. And I text, I forgot Rodriguez was in this at all. And you just responded, ha. Huh. One other person that you didn't mention at all. We don't actually see her, um, Zoe Saldana. Yes. It's tough because we don't see her switch back and forth between the characters like Sam Worthington and Sigourney. But she does, Zoe does a very good job. Did you like her? I assume that you liked yeah, her. Yeah, I liked her. I like that she is in all of these geeky movies. Yeah. Like She's Star always Trek, getting painted. Guardians. Yeah, I like that. I think that's great. So She's a nerd's fantasy. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but I cannot. You're going to have to censor that. So what does not hold up is writing at times for this. It is a little all over the place. The background characters for this. My second thing that I have to say that doesn't hold up. Some of those, like the Marines who are standing around, and especially as Jake is arriving on Pandora, they just come off as these goofy background one-liner characters. He does They're like that. from the 80s. It's he's just transplanted characters from aliens into this. Actually, that's a really good way to describe it. 
But he loves doing that. <laughs> I don't remember that in Titanic, though. Did that? Well, happen? maybe not. But that's a different. True Lies, yeah. I remember that in True Lies. I think he has kind of a problem that Nolan has. If you watch like The Dark Knight or The Dark Knight Rises, he has these like side characters that say the stupidest stuff. <laughs> I'm like, did Nolan actually write that? Did, Nolan a, and... did a studio head say, man, I got it. I got it. My buddy wants to be in this movie. Let's give him a line. To fit in just like a they, quip he just, here or there. He has really weird quips that just don't fit. Now, he does. That's not not in every Nolan movie, but it's in the most. It's in those blockbusters that he does. Very strange. It's in the Dark Knight movies, really. I oh, can't yeah. think of it in the other ones. I remember when Dark Knight Rises came out. There were a lot of things that happened, and I thought, "What is happening? I don't understand why they had to say that." Yeah, I think the writing at times, especially dialogue, is bad. Um, I still think this is very much all style, no substance. That is my final thing that does not hold up it's the originality the lack of it i i mean well it is vis- and it isn't that's what's insane. well for for the visual thing it is far beyond original but with the story like you said it's just that's one thing that i mean i could look at this all day but by the end of it it has me just kind of bothered that there just doesn't really seem to be anything new here you know what my biggest gripe is sam worthington no i like sam worthington <laughs> what's that this movie is nearly three hours long. When you said that, I forgot when we were going back to rewatch this. You saw it before I did. I did. And this is not a good three hours like Titanic. <laughs> Titanic's close to that too, right? It's, it's about over. three hours. Okay. So you rather that sit through flies Titanic. By. Uh, yeah, but I like it. It's just way better. This is the problem. The, the, the final battle of this movie... Mm-hmm. starts with maybe 45 minutes left. Uh, it's almost, Honestly, it's like an hour. It's way too long. Yeah. That's why I thought if they trimmed it, two parts of this toward the end that I thought, why don't they just cut this down? Because it's like they they're plug, it's... they get pulled like two different times. And I just didn't understand they Sam and Sigourney, they kept passing out twice, and then they jumped back into the Avatar's bodies. It's Fox scared to tell Cameron, we have, you got to trim this. But what's incredible is this is nearly three hours and still made this amount of money. Yeah. I just think, I think my thing is, and Cameron at this point does not need to make movies to survive. True. To have, to, to bring an income so he can live. So he's he's t- spending all his time like an old retired man who is just doing stuff to fill the time. So he's I don't want to say he's waste like he's working on these sequels now for Avatar. And this came out in 2009 and he hasn't done a movie since, like a proper movie. Mm-hmm. And he's just wasting away on these sequels that I don't think really at the end of the day most people want. Because it's been too long. Avatar 2, if Avatar 2 comes out and it does okay, it's only downhill for all, for all of these movies. So Four not, more movies they after don't, that. They're not going to make more money every time. Or three movies, yeah. I'd be shocked if they made more money every time. That's just not how franchises work. They usually gradually decrease. So for him, and he's getting up there in age. Yeah. This could be These could be his final movies. And he's spending it on... Something that I just don't, I'm not that interested in. Are you bothered by that? It's frustrating for, because I really like James Cameron. Yeah. As, as just a filmmaker. 
I agree with you on that in terms of enjoying him as a filmmaker. And to say that I'm a little skeptical, that would be kind of underselling it a little bit. I'm intrigued. For sure. I will say, rewatching this, it was only up, really, oh. from the first time I saw it. You could only go up. So I'm going to give it an upgrade. And I'll say, I at least am open to Avatar 2. When before I had rewatched this, I was actually just had no interest. Agreed with everything you said. Like, I could take everything that you said, copy and paste. Because it's not a huge upgrade, but it is an upgrade. When I first saw this, I ended up saying, this is a major upgrade. And that was in the first 15 minutes. Then once Jake wheels out onto Pandora and we start having those characters giving those one-liners and we have some more of those background characters saying and doing goofy things... I said, nope, this is going back down. Wow. I actually kind of like that because if I was like, oh, James Cameron is just doing James Cameron. And then it, but it went back up a little bit. So started off great, took a major dip, and then it started to plateau, go up, and then it plateaued. It's an upgrade for me. And I originally was going to say major upgrade, but I'm going just, you know, an upgrade. Where does this, where does this sit in your Cameron filmography? Honestly, probably in the middle. What's Maybe your least favorite? Bo- Ooh, least favorite, Cameron. Now you haven't seen Piranha 2? I'm not. Have you? Piranhas. No. no. <laughs> I'm assuming that for me that would be dead last. It has to be, right? Yeah, well, yeah probably. Because for me, Avatar, I think, is his worst. Hmm. Easily. I, I feel like this is a no-brainer, but my MVP, the graphics, just how that still stands. I'll say uh, looks. Cameron's creativity. It's just, okay. it still shines. Yeah. Did you, what off topic? Did you like James Horner's music for this? I actually did. I think at times it's very good. There, there, there is the dramatic kind of that underscore that I love, and it happens during the major battle. That, in my opinion, is my favorite part of the battle. You know, what my favorite part was what's that when it ended. Woo! But the credits are twenty minutes long. Yeah, we did not need a a two-hour and 45-minute movie. Oh, I'm sorry. So let's talk a little bit about the sequels. And did we not cover some of the things that you wanted to talk about, including the release dates? We've got a list of when each Avatar film will come out. We got 2020, December 2020. For Avatar 2. December 2022. That's going to be Avatars. And then we take a break. We take a one-year break. Actually, basically two years. Two years, We jump to December 2024 and December 2025. And that's wrapping it up for the Avatar sequels. And that could be the end of Cameron's career. Right, Right now, Sam Worthington, you like to see him. And he's currently pegged to be in all of these. Is that right? I guess. I don't know. So is... You found out right before recording, Stephen Lang is going to play the antagonist in all of these. Stephen Lang, who, spoiler alert, dies in Avatar, says he's going to be the villain in he's all four back. sequels. He's coming back. Which doesn't, which seems stupid to me. Do you think he's going to be like a giant shark creature? 
He, he hinted that it's sci-fi related. Isn't so Avatar two and we there's not a lot of information on these movies, which is weird. Doesn't the entire second one take place under the sea? Isn't yeah. that where he's going? Yep. A hundred percent. I wonder if that all of the Avatar sequels will do that. So I'm wondering if they're just playing different characters. Like Sigourney sure. Weaver's back. She's a different character. I've often wondered if he will end up taking an anthology approach to this, but then he'll tie them all together in four and five. Like he'll have two and three, and those will be different to a degree. Or I don't know. Like this is so different and unique. All of the scripts are in because he, James Cameron has been doing all of the press junkets for Alita. And he's been talking about this on Kimmel and Fallon, all the late night guys. He said that scripts are done. Stories have been locked in for a while. Now they're just focused on shooting and everything else that happens after that. We know that the motion capture for two and three is done. And now they're working or they will soon begin working on the live action part of these movies. Wouldn't it be awesome if there's a twist and each movie is only 45 minutes long? I actually would like that. Yeah. I always want these movies. They they wait a year in between, but it would be awesome if they released two and three in theaters at the same time. That would be nice. But they're short. They're like short. No, you just do normal movies. Okay. Like I had always wished the Matrix movies two and three were released on the same day. Yeah. You think that would somehow count? They would counter counter each other at the box office. Didn't Tarantino's Kill Bill Volume One and Two? He had a similar approach with that, or it was delayed? Because I want to say he released them very close. I think to they each were other. very close, but the Matrix, I believe, were like six months apart. True. Was that right? Yeah. From what I can remember, and I don't think they battled each other, but. The final Matrix film ended up scoring the highest of all of them, right? Of box office, I believe. Hmm. I have to go back and look at that, but I remember those films did well. But this, I'm. I want to say the third one's the least successful. Huh. But it's your favorite of them. It's my second favorite. I really like the last one. I was surprised by two. So maybe that's going to be how we'll feel about the Avatars. We don't like the second one, but the third one, we really like. I mean, you know these movies are going to be three hours long. True. I'm just prepared for... Will you see the sequels in 3D? No. So it will be 2D. All 2D. I'm I'm not big on the whole 3D thing. I'm the same. I've And like I was saying at the beginning of this episode, I, to a degree, feel like 3D took me out of it at times. I mean, most times I'm wearing my glasses while I'm seeing these and... To have to put 3D glasses on top of glasses is just a tad too cumbersome for me. It's too much, James Cameron. Okay. Now, you you want to start... If, I think he's or somebody is working on some sort of tech where you don't need glasses for 3D. Mm-hmm. I'm all on board. That'd be a but game, you, yeah. you got to start... I don't want to have more on my face than I already have. James C., let's cut it. So, favorite James Cameron movie. You said Terminator 2. T2, hands down. That's honestly at the top of my list of favorite films of all time. I mean, I want to know what's last. Piranha 2, The Terminator, The Abyss, Terminator 2, True Lies, Titanic, Avatar. 
I feel like there's so much more. There's not because he takes his time and then he does this crap where he doesn't do a movie for 15 years. W- would you consider, what was it, Ghosts of the Abyss or whatever? No. It was the, okay, so I mean, not the IMAX We're not films. counting his little documentaries where he's obsessed with water. With the Titanic. You know what? This is the reason we did Avatar. <laughs> Actually, that reminds me is you and I are sitting there and we stumble on this, or you stumble on this article where James Cameron is... He says, oh, I, I liked Aquaman, but it was just too, un- all the underwater stuff was too unrealistic. And you're just like, what? what's happening? <laughs> he's just, he's a guy that, you know, those people that are so intelligent that they can't see past just like, this is just a comic book movie. He can't take himself out of it. So that's actually what got us thinking about James Cameron and then obviously him working on the sequels. Would you yeah. rather watch Avatar or Aquaman again? <sighs> It's. I think honestly, it's Man. Avatar for me. Yeah, that actually. To, to be honest, that's a tough question. I would probably say Avatar because there's more going on that I like in terms of Cameronisms. I think the camera's just a better director, and I like James Wan. But the still thinking back on some of those choices in Aquaman, I can't fathom them. Oh. It's it's bizarre to me. <laughs> still to this day, months later, I can't figure it out. I don't want to think about it or else my brain will hurt. It makes me sick to my stomach. So you know what else may make you sick to your stomach? What? The movie review oh, game. Oh, I forgot about Ooh. this. I was hoping we uh, would forget. <laughs> I'm not going to forget. So, film fans, if you have been listening to us, we have this little game called the movie review game, in which it is Drew's favorite game of all time. He had created this, in which I will present four reviews on avatar three are real one is fake drew must find the fake so i'm still coming off my high from last podcast that we did where i read you four and i stumped you for maybe the third time you stumped me probably not even the third time it's it's very very rare and that was very unique if you want to hear that go back to our last podcast episode on Happy Death Day, where that is where Drew is able to finally get me at a disadvantage. You know, it's interesting. I couldn't have told you what movie or what podcast it was on, what movie we even oh, talked about. Because you had to just black out and you can't remember. I blacked out. I was so excited. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Are you ready? Yes. Hit me. Number one. In my opinion, Avatar has been hyped beyond the point of forgiveness sounds fake number two the most hyped movie of the year just about merits it sounds fake (laughs) (laughs) i get your theme number three we're switching up here number three impressive to watch but the story offers nothing new oh wow number four a joyous celebration of story craft and the visual possibilities of cinema. All right, let's start from the beginning because I thought I was on to you and then you you uh, you took a detour. Okay, let's start from the beginning. We got two hyped, hyped critiques. So number one, in my opinion, Avatar has been hyped beyond the point of forgiveness. Okay. Number two, the most hyped movie of the year just about merits it. Okay. Number three, impressive to watch, but the story offers nothing new. Okay. Number four, a joyous celebration of story craft 
and the visual possibilities of cinema. Hmm. They all seem legit. I'm just going to say that. Well, you said the first two seemed fake. I was trying to throw you off because I thought <laughs> I thought if I said that, you would laugh and I would be on to you. Um, my gut says it is B. I'm going to lock in B if you want to reread that one more time. So that is the most hyped movie of the year just about merit set. Locking it in. Final answer. Yes. You are incorrect. <laughs> I hate you, this game. Any guesses on what it may be after that? Do you think it's the first one? The, in my opinion, number four, kind of was it? It kind of the joyous celebration had my little spidey sense tingling. Though I don't disagree with that one. So that what it kind of made me think you wrote that. So I, if I had to wager another guess, number four. Nope. God. Was, what is it? I was able to slip it under the rug. Number one? Number three. Oh. Impressive to watch, but the story offers nothing new. Woo! You don't get a point for that. You get a point <laughs> for getting them right. Now, when we do the Rotten Tomatoes game, I, I'm actually, I got points in that one. You got points and you're beating me in that. Woo-woo! But I movie, really hate this game. The movie, I really I think like we it. need from this point on, I only read to you. What? I hate this. I don't get I don't get any enjoyment out of it. You <laughs> Other people get enjoyment out of listening to me get frustrated, but then I go home and I sulk about it. So that honestly offers for a good pump motivation to get in a workout. I can honest. honestly tell you, without exaggeration, yeah. I hate this game. Oh, I love it. Because you're good at it. I I, I, I I like it a lot. I mean, you seem to know me. I don't know. I can't do it. <laughs> and it's really frustrating. I really like finding the reviews and then writing a fake one. It's just a lot of fun. I think what I got to do from, I'll do what I did with Happy Death Day. I, I did it. Spot. I wrote it on the spot it's in like two minutes. It's like five seconds, yeah. And I stumped you. So I kept all of these very short. These were short reviews. I appreciate it. It didn't help me out in any way, Oh, but I appreciate it. All right, film fans. So next week, we are going to be doing a box office fantasy draft bonus episode. Drew, describe what is this box office fantasy draft episode? You and I are going to pick six movies between March and October. And the goal is to rack up the most box office when all those movies are tallied up, it's the, whatever they make in the U.S. only, the lowest, um, the movie with the lowest box office gets cut off. So we'll end up with five movies. And there is one rule. No superhero movies are allowed. Love that. The winner of this gets a movie ticket. Ooh. A drink. And corn. And popcorn. Yeah! So basically, I don't know, $20. I'm going to be pigging out. So again, I we, we're going to pick six movies. Whichever performs the worst, we can drop it. And no comic book movies are allowed because whoever got Avengers would automatically win. Yeah. It's just not fair. And we will roll dice to see who gets to go first. Very exciting. I know what you I'm want excited. first. I know What's what, that? Jordan Peele's Us. Ooh. I know you're going to be gunning for that quick. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? If I win, 
because of this stupid game that we just played, I'm stealing us and I'm going to cut what? it no matter how much money it makes. I'm I'm upset. I'm I'm actually very upset. I don't know. I'll save that. Us though. is projecting I think about a 40 million dollar opening, which is good. I don't know if I would draft it. I'm just going to say that. I don't know if I want to draft them. I'll say I've got to crunch some numbers and do some hardcore prediction because I don't know right now. But then then again, think about what Get Out did. Yeah, I'm going to go with my gut. And I don't know. I might, I'll look and see what a, there's a lot of good moves coming up. I've got a feeling about us. And I don't want to say that just yet. I'm going to save that for that episode. Because I don't want to give you any insight on my strategy behind this. Are you excited? I am actually very excited, especially for the rule that there are no superhero movies. I was, we originally thought oh, you can only draft one. But again, if you get Avengers, it's game over. Game over. That's a game James over, Cameron. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so then in two weeks, we will have another surprise episode similar to this episode in which we will do one of the biggest box office bombs of all time fun fact this is actually one of our friends will not ever stop talking about this movie he called me in the middle of work one day and said i need to talk to you immediately and i thought there was a problem you thought yeah you you it was very you came in very frantic thought something important was happening and he said have you seen this blank movie and i said no why would i you go that's what you called me in for and i i lost it i was livid and was then like, I, he, that's all he's been talking about for the last 63 hours i think i walked out without answering the question you answered but very frustrated and then i walked out you gave him a big fat heck no we will be announcing that coming up closer to the release on that and because you haven't seen it correct that's right yeah, you I, haven't either no nope, never okay. seen it there's a reason why we haven't seen it but we are going to watch it now for the first time because it looks like butt blow. No joke. I may try to watch it once early on and then watch it a second time closer to the recording to see if my opinion changes at all. It stars a, a movie star that you and I both like. Love, I would say, for my, for myself. I don't know if I love him, but I, I like him a lot. And I could just listen to him just wax poetic all day. That's a good point. I may actually go home and listen to his voice now after this recording. Do it. So film fans, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Also, if you want to chime in, talk to us online, you can do so very easily. You can follow us on Twitter at Quality Check Pod. You can see what photos or video we're taking at Quality Check Podcast on Instagram or email us your burning questions to Podcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget, we're in the middle of a contest. We're, we're trying to get 200 followers on Twitter and as soon as that happens... We will randomly draw a name for our Fandango gift card. And Drew's already written his name down a couple of times. I created a fake account and I followed us and it's under the name at RickyRicardo776. Make sure that you are spreading the news to your friends and family members and letting them know that we love movies just as much as you do because you could be the one winning that gift card. Quality Check is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Find more of your favorite podcasts at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA.